hello. I think we are all good to go. Can I just get a double check from all you guys? Hello. Oh, hello. Howdy, howdy. Excellent. I think we're ready to start. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I am your host, Danny K. With me, as always, the wonderful, the beautiful, the birthday boy, Mr. Green Elite. How you doing, Mr. Green Elite? Oh, stop it, you. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm away from home. Uh, I'm actually in Minnesota right now uh, due to an unrelated thing, not my birthday. But uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I am ready to kill it today. Um, with us as well is our other wonderful, beautiful, beautiful, we're going to call him beautiful co-host, Mr. Revsven Padre. How are you doing today? Could be better. This internet needs to stop being stupid, but I was laughing really hard at this uh, this picture of Seth Rogen that you've got for green going on here. <laughs> Yeah, it's just kind of peeking out between the between the blinds almost. That's kind of what I was going for there. Um, yeah, it, well, I, I just want to real quick suss this out that Green Elite needs to stop giving us his bad internet juju. Okay, uh, it seems like everyone do. you it seems like everyone you touch, you give the bad internet juju. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't sharing is caring. Please don't touch me. I don't. I don't want it. I finally have good internet. I don't need that in my life anymore. <laughs> So our guest this week is a longtime friend of mine, Mick Rayla. How are you Whoa. doing? I'm good. I am doing well. So I it, am he tilted. So we're all okay. Yes, I was watching your stream earlier. You were very, very tilted. Oh my god. Go on ahead. It's been a while since you've been on the show. Go on ahead and tell the folks who don't know who you are, who you are, what you do, and where people can find you, and all the other things, services you offer. All the other serv- Oh, God, that sounds oddly, uh... Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, hello. My name is, uh, Mikaela, or you can call me Michaela. I don't care if people know my name. Um, I am a variety streamer. I stream at twitch.tv slash spelled m-i-c-k-e-r-a-y-l-a -A. um but yeah what do i do i don't do anything i fucking lost my job uh so now i just stream my days away um but yeah if you want to find me on literally any social media i use micarela for literally everything so use that if i'm there you'll find me if i'm not there you know you won't find me Excellent. And uh, you do offer some services, though. I do offer some services. Uh, I offer sass and screaming sometimes. I don't. Okay, know so she's not going to plug herself with uh, no. the video editing? No, I don't. I do video editing. I feel weird plugging myself. I don't know what you want from me. But I, <laughs> I do uh, video editing. <laughs> so if you want some videos edited, I do that. I can do some... Um, uh, motion graphics, if that's something you're interested in. Some still graphics, if that's something you're interested in. Maybe some animation. If it happens in the Adobe Suite, I can do it. So, hit me up. There we go. Now we got the... -A. <laughs> can, can you make me popular on YouTube? Uh, uh, let me make me popular on YouTube first, then 
I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, go check out McRayla on all of her socials. And uh, if you are in need of any uh, services, go on ahead and hit her. Well, I, let me rephrase that. If you're in need of any media services, go on ahead yeah. and hit her up. I don't do any of those other services. Well, yeah, she won't. She won't come and do your plumbing or do your electrical. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'll set your house on fire or flood it. Flooded my own bathroom once. (laughs) Um, We're going to move on from that. Um, There's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about before the show starts. Uh, First off, we want to say that we appreciate you guys for watching and listening, and we really hope you guys get some value out of the show. Um, I mentioned last week was our, um, or like two weeks ago was our 100th episode. This month is actually our two-year anniversary month. The show started in July 2018. Uh, So we have some things that we want to uh, celebrate to you guys with. Uh, That first one being a contest for some free games here. So if you guys are interested in getting a free game, we're actually giving away two games every show in the month of july so the first way to enter is by going to our live uh, twitch stream and entering in the keyword swiggity this week and you'll be automatically entered to win a game at the end of the show uh the other way to win is by going to the youtube channel and answering this uh question what is one style of game you wish you could like uh, go on ahead and answer that question in the comments of this YouTube video and you'll be get, and you'll get entered to win a free game. You guys can enter more than once and at the end of this month we, we will be giving away a $20 Steam gift card for you guys to check uh, or for you guys to get. And you can enter that more than once too. You can enter twice per week for a chance to win that $20 Steam gift card. So go on ahead, get entered. Follow all of us on our Twitch channels and all of our other things to keep up with on all the ways to win. We're also doing merch this month. It is a limited time merch design. It will be available only until August 4th. Then it will be gone forever. It is on Teespring. Let me uh, put the link in the Twitch chat right there. It's shirts, mugs, face masks, tote bags, and they're all available at that link. Uh, check the link in the description of this episode for the uh, limited time merch. One last thing is, of course, if you guys miss any part of the live show, you guys can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. And uh, without further delay, let's just jump into this episode, which I'm going to start with a review of Pokemon cafe have you guys did you guys see when this was announced at all i did and me and you had talked about it briefly but we uh, i i never got a chance to play it myself i don't even know if i know what it is that would not surprise me because it kind of flew onto the radar um so there's like a pokemon connect like two weeks ago a week ago Mm -hmm. uh where they announced pokemon unite which is a pokemon moba Yes, I remember that. This game was also announced and it was released. Oh, damn. Yes. So, uh, Pokemon Cafe Mix is a game published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company, developed by Genius Sonority. Sonority? 
Um, it's a free-to-play puzzle game for the Switch, Android, and iOS devices, and it was released on June 23rd. Uh, the basic premise of this game is that you own a, uh, own a cafe, and with your Pokemon friends, you serve other Pokemon food and beverages by solving puzzles that's a little bit of a twist on the classic match three puzzle format um the puzzle usually what the puzzles do is they load up and you have three or four icons of a particular of particular Pokemon Squirtle Charmander Munchlax Togepi and a few others one of the icons will be like whatever Pokemon you select to do the job Right, so if you select a Charmander to make some tea, Mm -hmm. you are guaranteed to have Charmander icons in the puzzle. Um, There are other items called gimmicks. They're like, they can be items like sugar cubes, whipped cream dollops, tomatoes, and what I assume are like hazelnuts. Um, and so how you complete the puzzles, you take the Pokemon icon- icons and you drag them across the screen um, to creating a, uh, creating a chain. And then that can be used to guide other icons or gimmicks into place. And once you either uh, release the icons um, with your finger or hit a timer, because you can only mm-hmm. have it for like 15 seconds, I think, um, right. they will pop and they will clear and then more icons will fall from the top. Uh, of the screen um and so like some of the gimmicks need like the sugar cubes need to be cleared by uh popping the icons around them Mm -hmm. um the the whipped cream dollops are kind of like the same but the whipped cream dollops will like move around the the sugar cubes are like solid they're stagnant um and then other ones require like the uh hazelnut gimmick requires you to use a power up to break it and then the tomatoes are affected by gravity and so you have to kind of guide them into a basket on the bottom of the screen okay um i'm gonna have to download this yeah it's it for a puzzle game it's kind of complex and there's a different so there's a couple different power-ups um some of them you get based on like your score so you know you get a chain um, you know, you 30 plus chain or whatever, and you get in this will just kind of drop in with the rest of them and it'll clear out like a certain direction for like a few, you know, for a few gimmicks or whatever. Um, they kind of have limited uses and they count towards your moves. Um, and then on the side you have more power ups. One will clear out an entire vertical section. The other will clear out an entire horizontal, uh, section of the of the puzzle uh, map mm-hmm. and then another one will change one icon set to whatever your uh pokemon is oh so if the if it's like charmander munchlax pikachu and squirtle on the on the puzzle map and you have charmander if you select the munch munchlax all the munchlax icons are going to turn mm-hmm. into the charmander okay um okay yeah so i mean that's the basic gameplay of Mm -hmm. it do you guys have any questions on the gameplay like anything that needs clarified Mm -hmm. there Mm -mm. i have no questions but i will make the comment that it has i don't know if you ever played the disney tsum tsum games no um 
it, it has a very, very similar feel. You, I mean, you've probably seen these Tsum Tsum things if you've ever just walked by a Disney store. They're like the little plushies that just, they're like, they almost look like hot dogs, but with like Disney characters' faces. It, they're really weird looking, but there's like a whole puzzle game about them. And the, the gameplay and the, the style and everything looks very similar. Yeah. Yeah, I'll it's... Yeah, I have uh, gameplay on the screen oh, right see. now for folks um, who are interested in looking at it. Um, the game, the game has like a, you're talking kind of like the aesthetics. It's almost like a children's book, oil pastel ish um, aesthetic in my eyes. <laughs> it's very soft, very like yeah. subtly shaded. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty subdued um very like i said like the best way i could describe it is like children's book sure yeah no i i see that it looks i really like that style too so mm -hmm. it's really cool uh it also has really nice music it's very calm which to me almost it can be the absolute worst trash game that mm -hmm. they have put out for pokemon it still has really good music right um it's uh they that's just like one thing it's always consistent with pokemon properties is that it's always got nice music so right. that but that's not enough to really save it um necessarily right. it uh it's actually not a uh terrible game but it is a kind of a frustrating uh experience mm -hmm. um right kind of by design i think because the puzzles can be frustrating um mm -hmm. i think the the most frustrating part about it is though is that it immediately kind of starts getting you for the cash grabby stuff um so the power-ups that are on your three side on on the side the three power-ups mm -hmm. like changing icons um clearing out vertical slices or horizontal slices you have to purchase those with in-game money and it's not very generous with in-game money um sure. i think they're just golden apricorns is what they call them right um and they already have like several item packs available that will give you you know golden apricorns so that's one right. of the infuriating things is like okay wow i ran you know it it wasn't very clear that you if you ran out of those power-ups that you are going to have to purchase right them essentially with with in-game currency it wasn't super clear maybe i missed that memo mm -hmm. that's entirely possible sure but i felt like it wasn't very clear um uh let's so see do you need those power-ups to like progress in the game or could you get by without it i think you can get by without them i don't think it's totally pay to win okay but there are certainly times that it it feels it'd like it's almost helpful. required. Yeah, it'd be sure, sure. almost required. Sure. Um, the in the microtransactions that are built into the game, they range from two dollars USD to eight dollars USD right now. In um, those, I mean, they give you some other things in there, like, um, excuse me, like. Uh, like different power-ups and whatever else in there and like uh i think there's even like some cosmetics okay uh so eh, i mean it's not like it's super expensive it just kind of seems like they they get it on you really quickly sure um, sure i'm about 30 puzzles in 
mm-hmm. puzzles into it right now, and I'm just kind of bored with it. Like after I kind of hit those thirty puzzles, I'm just I have a hard time wanting to open up the app. Sure. Um, it's right next to my Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links app on my screen, and I almost always go for that more. I'm like, okay, sure, I got sure. like a few minutes at work, or I'm sitting on the toilet, or something. You know, mm-hmm. it, this would be a good toilet game for sure, or a quick, Ooh. a good commute game. Like, sure. you know, I'm on the bus or I'm on the train. Um, mm-hmm. I would say this is probably a good one to to if you're looking for another commuter game. This would be a good one. Um. I like the little bit of a twist on the match three puzzle game, mm-hmm. um, but I don't see it as like super unique. Um, sure. The I don't know. It just doesn't have much else for me. I kind of sure. got my entertainment out of those thirty puzzles, and I'm just kind of like, eh. Right. That's that's about really all I got for it. Um, mm-hmm. What about you guys? Any questions? Any thoughts? Opinions you want to share? I'm sitting here actually like tinkering with it as we speak, kind of getting a feel for it. And and it feels like it's going to be just like a, a typical kind of candy crush, you know, style game where it, it like people who are into those kind of games will continue to come back for it. But right. like for me, I'll, I'll get a few levels in and I'll probably be done as well. Yeah, sure. It's not like to bring in new puzzle players. It's more like, Hey, we see you like this kind of game. Here's another one. Yeah. Here's your Pokemon themed puzzle game. Yeah. Oh my god. So many choices. It's one game. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Greenlee. Uh, I have no interest in it. It just it, it looks like a cash grab to me. More yeah. Than anything. It, it. I will say more than other Pokemon games, this feels hollow. Like more than some of the other properties that are out there, it feels more hollow. It feels more hollow than Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go to me, what is one of the worst examples of a Pokemon game. Um, and the other one, the Pokemon Masters, that I know we reviewed, that we talked about, felt even more hollow than that. And so it just kind of keeps going down. Um, I'm curious to see where Pokemon Unite's going to be if there's more depth to that if it does i mean it's a pokemon moba developed by tencent so whatever that's going to look like (laughs) and whatever that's going to feel like and however you know what kind of heart and soul that game has um we'll see but this one yeah it just kind of felt hollow it's cutesy but it's more you know, to to kind of keep with the cafe or food theme here, it felt more like whipped cream on on a cupcake than the cupcake itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's really about it for Pokemon Cafe. Anything else that we wanted to talk about on this one? Any thoughts, opinions, feelings, questions, clarifications needed? Uh- Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, please explain to me why there's only 151 Pokemon. 151 Pokemon. All right, look, you're wrong about several things in life. 
ride ships and Pokemon are those things that you're wrong on. <laughs> that is false. There is more than 151 Pokemon, and ride chips are delicious. You can suck a dick. <laughs> can confirm. Um. All right. We should probably go on to uh, Padre. You have a review that you would like to talk about. Oh, yes, I do. All right. So, as many people that have been following me for a while or even following the show know, I'm a huge fan of the game Not For Broadcast. Um, I was uh, I was originally given the opportunity to stream it early uh, due to a, a kind of a sponsored deal with Tiny Build. And they recently released a free bonus chapter because it, it's being released in chapters. And, um, of course, as of right now, chapter one's out. And with it being an FMV-style game... Uh, with the current COVID situation and lockdowns, they were not able to continue filming uh, Chapter 2 yet, but they still wanted to continue putting stuff out there for the fans. So what they en ended up doing was filming a lockdown chapter where everybody that was going to be a part of it essentially filmed parts from their own house. Now, without going in and spoiling the storyline, it actually, it may be a bonus chapter, but it does pick up right where Chapter 1 left off. And as far as I can tell, will not... Um, will not affect the actual storyline moving forward. Um, do with that information what you will. But I will say, um, one, I've got to give like a big shout out to Not Games for actually taking the time to do something they had zero obligation to do by putting all of their workers uh, to work from home for free to or, or to put a product out for free just to kind of keep giving content to the fans. And it was just as hysterical if not funnier than chapter one um it was shorter it, it wasn't as long as uh as the original chapter but uh it, it was really i don't know it's just really cool to see a game studio do something like that like say hey we care about the people that love this game and it could have possibly been out of a sense of trying to remain relevant and not lose people quite possibly wouldn't be surprising but at the same time it's something they did they had zero obligation to do to make something to give to people for free just because they like the game um it kind of followed the same the same gameplay as the first one you know you, you you're switching between um switching between your camera angles trying to maintain audience uh interest playing your advertisements but um if you remember in episode one for those of you who did watch um there was this little creature called the Mr. Snugglehugs, which looked oddly like a Furby, but slightly more terrifying. And you come to find out that they had a what was called a flithium ion battery, and it exploded and lodged a, an eye into a child's cheek. And it was as tragic as it was, was still hilarious. Um, well, they, uh, yeah, the, the, the Mrs. Snugglehugs are coming for you in this one. Like that's like kind of the basis of the whole thing and why the lockdown even exists is the companion to the Mr. Snuggle hugs is, is has taken over England essentially. And they added a, a couple of new elements where you're, you have to monitor your broadcast tower and send electric shocks up it to keep these stupid teddy bear things from destroying your broadcast. And eventually one of them breaks in and keeps messing with your switches and all kinds of crap, making it harder uh, to be able to you know retain your audience interest and so you're sitting there like smacking this stupid stuffed animal around trying to keep it from flipping your switches and turning on your phone and muting the mics and it was just uh, it was a nightmare but in the funniest way possible and of course like with the original broadcast um or the original chapter you're able to go back and watch your broadcast uninterrupted to see you know how 
your broadcast looked to the viewers. And uh, I got to say, it was it was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. It was well done. Um, the writing for it was really good, and the acting for it was amazing. Um, if you have not for broadcast already, and you haven't played the lockdown chapter, get on it. And if you haven't played either of them yet, I highly recommend getting it. It's it's such a fun game. And there's actually apparently like several variations of everything in this chapter. Like just a one or two different little decisions can actually change a, a tremendous amount of content in it. So I'm actually going to go back through and do some replays on it uh, off stream and try to see what I can find and maybe put them all up on YouTube or something later. But it it was a ton of fun and I, I highly recommend it. Awesome. So, with this one, you you're, you they added some added some mechanics and stuff like that. Do you think there are going to be any more uh, mechanical changes to the next chapter then, or do you think it's going to be fairly similar? I, I think they're probably going to end up adding more, um, just because it, it it did like I felt you know originally the game had its own fair set of challenges, but adding this to it didn't oversaturate the challenging aspect of it and made it a lot more like hectic but still really fun um i did also notice i haven't tried this out yet but with the update they added challenge and free play modes where you can go in and just make broadcasts out of whatever like you don't have to worry about audience interest where it's like you know if you forget to censor a cuss word your audience drops and eventually you fail well in the free play mode you don't have to worry about that so you can play all of the goofy uh cuss words and everything in in full playthrough and just save the videos um i i I do hope they add some more mechanics to it because that that was fun they were very creative with it and so with that level of imagination behind the increase and changes in the challenges it uh it seems like it would be a lot of fun to have them continue down that path excellent um so with that um do you feel like this was a good bridge to channel two or channel two episode two? Do you feel like it maybe it might deviate too much? What do you think on, on terms of the story in terms of the story? So in the end, in the end, uh, like I said, I I won't divulge too much information, but in the end uh, it will not necessarily affect the story at all, but it plays in perfectly. Like it plays into it. Um, it's not going to it's not going to kind of uh divert your attention away from the main story it's not going to do anything like that it's just it was just like a fun little throw in there to kind of keep people going during this whole lockdown thing and it's i mean and they actually kind of like politically you know satirized the whole thing with the lockdown and whatnot um it was uh it was it was really interesting actually to to look at it from almost like a political standpoint because you know that like they actually actively um advertise this as a a political propaganda simulator um and so for them to the way they played it into the kind of the current state of things was really interesting and i really liked it but i i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna divulge your interest away from the uh or divert sorry your interest away from the main story in the long run um whenever episode two gets ready to come out i'm sure they they don't have to make any rewrites or anything like that so whatever work they've already done will still be ready to go Cool. So it's not it's not like the non canonical uh, Dragon Ball Z movies. It's this no. will fit in well. This you know, you don't need to worry about how this is going to affect the story. Awesome, um, Mcrayla. Any thoughts, questions, opinions on on what we just no, talked I, about? 
I have never heard of this game before, but just the way you described it makes me definitely want to check it out. Like, it looks like something that's right up my alley, especially like I love games where the the decisions you make have an outcome on the rest of the story. So I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Yeah, and and that's actually something that I I come to find out. The decisions you make in Chapter 1 can actually carry over and alter the lockdown chapter. And so I thought that was actually really interesting. And and it does like there there are a lot of decisions that are made throughout chapter 1 mm-hmm. that you undoubtedly know will affect the story as it as it continues on. And sure, uh, sure. I'm really looking forward to seeing what it does. And yeah. like I you know a lot of people aren't big into po- political stuff or anything like that but right. but the even people who aren't actively involved in political stuff can get a lot of enjoyment out of it and, and it's interesting because you don't see a lot of games done with the f uh, the fmv style anymore where you actually get live actors filming right actual bits and um and honestly if if uh if it's a game that you're that anybody and all honesty is interested in i highly recommend checking out their steam page before even buying the game because they have some really interesting um uh, behind the scenes, like blooper reels and developers, uh, developer diaries and stuff like that, that show like them filming these different segments. It's just, it's a really cool thing. And don't worry, most people have not heard of most of the games that I end up talking about on this show. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been called a gaming hipster, as it were. Oh. Yes. So I'm actually really curious because I want to see McRaela play this because she, like me, has broadcast experience. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I was like, maybe I shouldn't play this because this will bring back the suppressed memories of uh, <laughs> college courses. But I'm actually pretty sure that's exactly what Danny said while I was playing <laughs> it. And he watched. He was like, "Oh my god, I don't know if I could do this." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I my brain. Not that I even did TV broadcast. I did radio broadcast, which was mm. very different. But I'm like, oh yeah, I don't want to like relive those memories of sitting in a control room for like two three five hours by myself really hoping that something doesn't go wrong (laughs) no i i took a a tv course and so like we did live broadcasts on the campus news station and it was terrifying Uh, i didn't like it oh yeah it's it's really uh fun i mean for anybody who hasn't seen it like basically you're your whole role, you got your two TVs set side by side, your one that's actual live and then the feed that's going to be put out. You get that like two second delay to censor cuss words and right. switch camera angles and everything. And then there's like a little uh, interference because if you look at it, the whole aesthetic looks almost like 80s ish because all the TVs yeah. are like CRT style and everything. And so uh, whenever you're sitting there, there's a little interference wheel on the side that like if you hear the little siren go off you got to try to avoid the interference with your little scroll wheel while still trying to edit and everything it ends up becoming pretty uh pretty difficult but like it makes for really funny broadcasts after because like you hear the you hear like you're trying to beep out a cuss word you miss the cuss word you beep the word after and it it was just it it's such an enjoyable time sure no i'll definitely have to check it out i wrote it down on a napkin that i have so that's how you know it's serious there's a napkin involved yeah Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mr. Green, thoughts, questions, opinions, feelings? No, no, he, he explained it really well. I, I, I've been looking to play this game. I just haven't had a chance to actually pick it up. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm kind of like in that. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting to, to pick that game up. It might end up being one of those ones where I forget to... If I do pick it up, I'd forget to play it anyways. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, like those games. 
Yeah, I've got a I got a bit of a backlog. Just got a bit of a little bit of a backlog. Um so what when are they planning on putting out episode two? Do they know yet? Do they know when they can get production back on schedule or um... Well it's all gonna it's all gonna depend on um when they can kind of get back to work over there in the UK. Um, because that that's what's really putting this whole on hold right now is that everybody's still kind of uh like social distancing and everything over there. Uh I know that they're they're trying to get back to it as quick as possible because they had quite a bit of episode two ready. Um, but there are still some segments that have to be filmed like in person. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully soon. Um, I haven't seen anything yet come through on updates on when they're going to, uh, you know, get episode two rolling, but I, I really hope it is soon. But at the same time, I, you know, you can't really be mad. You got to understand, you, you kind of understand with given like their, style of game with fmv stuff it's just it's going to be incredibly difficult yeah. but as soon as i get any of that information i'll pass it along that's for sure yeah it, it sucks that they've been delayed for so long on, on it because of the the global health crisis we are currently experiencing um so best of luck to them was there anything else that we wanted to talk about in terms of this game at all uh, no, I would just say, like I said, if uh, if it's something that interests you, I highly, I mean, just like the idea of it being, you know, kind of what it is, I would highly, highly recommend. It's actually on, like, not for broadcast itself, is on sale for the next 40 hours and 25 minutes for half off. Um, so you can get chapter one and the bonus chapter. Uh, so that is currently available. Awesome. That is a pretty good deal. Go snag that if you guys are interested in this game. Um anything else on this guys no that's all i had all right uh i think we're gonna go on ahead and take a break and then come back with some news and some conversations so stay right there we'll be back in two minutes it's july and that means we have officially hit two years as a podcast and this month we've got something very special for you all first off for you guys we have a steam key giveaway all month long join us live on twitch and use a keyword in chat to get entered or answer our weekly question in the comments of the youtube video not only that but everyone who enters will also be entered for a grand prize drawing of a 20 dollars steam gift card the more times you enter the higher chance we have of winning not only that but this month we have limited time merch available on teespring and exclusive two-year anniversary design on t-shirts, mugs, and tote bags. Get yours before August 4th. Thanks for all the love and support over these two years, and thank you for listening. All right, and we are back from break. Uh, just a reminder, if you guys are interested in winning a free game, which uh, today's stream, it is um, Brutal Legend, right, Green? Yes. Such a good game. Do exclamation mark swiggity to get entered here in the live chat. And if you're watching the YouTube video, make sure that you guys comment on uh, the channel or on the uh, video and answer this week's question, which is what style of game do you wish you could get into? Uh, we have some pretty major news that we should uh, talk about here as a podcast, and that is... Loot boxes versus the United Kingdom. Uh, this time it's personal again. <laughs> um, 
Loot boxes two. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so this is straight from the BBC. No, not the other one, you pervs. Uh, this is the authority in all things British. Um, the House of Lords has said that the loot boxes in video games should be classified under the, quote, games of chance, which would put them under the jurisdiction of the UK's 2005 Gambling Act. Um... In their report, they justify the stance by saying, quote, if a product looks like gambling and feels like gambling, it should be regulated as gambling. Um, if it walks like a duck. <laughs> if it smells like shit, <laughs> it is shit. Um, it's a bit nutty. Yes, uh, they also called for immediate regulation in a later quote in the report saying, quote, the government must act immediately to bring loot boxes within the remit of gambling legislation, legislation and regulation. Um, they also specifically told ministers that they should make new regulations which, ex which explicitly state the loot boxes are games of chance which this is a huge part of the discussion that we've been having for years now, which is, are they, do they constitute gambling because they don't legally fit whatever definition for those countries? This basically solves that by saying the UK or in the UK by saying, it doesn't matter what our past laws say, we're going to amend it. And we're going to say it is gambling is essentially what's happening here. Um, I also want to say I'm not an authority on British politics. I'm barely an authority on American politics. And by barely, I mean I'm not at all. Um, so I don't know necessarily what all the powers of the House of Lords are. I know that they're not – it's not like the House of the Commons where they actually write and enforce legislation. It's more of a almost advisory. But I'm sure uh, some of our British friends can can clarify that. Um, I'm sure Mellow Online is just banging his head on a on a wall right now, being like, "No, that's not it at all." Um, I'm sure there's more parliamentary bullshit that goes along with it, but I digress. Um, the, there's a chairman on the committee for gambling. His name is Lord Grade, and he told the BBC that the Gambling Act is quote way behind what is what was actually happening in the market. He also said that the overwhelming majority of the recommendations by the House of Lords could be enacted without further legislation. Um, they took in from a lot of resources on this, uh, including academic research, and they said that there is, academic quote, academic research, which proves that there is a connection, be though not necessarily a causal link between loot boxes or loot box spending and problem gambling. They also consulted experts, uh, one being a Dr. David Zendel, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, or Zendley, um, and he told the committee that either loot boxes, loot box spending causes problem gambling due to their similarity, or that people who have gambling problems spend heavily on loot boxes, but the connections are robust. Kind of a column A, column B, in my opinion, there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about this? We can go, uh, we'll go to Greenlee on this first. All right. Sorry, I had an issue finding my unmute. Um, well, I don't know. Same thing as you said, like, I'm not really the 
authoritarian, uh, you know, legality and, you know, the gambling and stuff like that. Like, I, mean, I think it, it definitely could be a, a step in the right direction. It just depends on how it actually goes. Like, will this actually change anything? Or will it make any effect on the, uh, the, the business? Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, it, it could be... I'm curious to see how it's going to affect anyone other than the, than players in the UK, because it's really easy to just block IPs from the UK, <laughs> and you know you basically put it in a separate web page, and oh sorry, it looks like you're in the UK. You can't pl you can't access this uh, content, and put them back to the main screen. So I don't know if it's even going to affect anyone here in the United States, but I still think it's it's an interesting story, especially because we're essentially an international podcast. Uh, Padre. Thoughts, you don't, have to, you, you don't have to say essentially. We are an international podcast, Andy. Come on now. Uh, now, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, I, first off, everybody knows my feelings on loot boxes. I hate them. I, I think they're, I, I despise them. I think they're gambling. Um, because I've seen I've seen what people with addiction issues can um, can do when it comes to loot boxes. Um, so I am firmly against them, and I love to see that steps are being taken to you know at least try to like I'm I'm in in the, it's it's ironic because I I don't really like a lot of government regulation and things, but at the same time it's not as much about regulating the community as a whole, but just not letting that kind of environment foster you know foster addictive behavior towards our towards children in general i would like to see something happen here i doubt it will there's a lot more a lot more going on that people are concerned about and a lot of people here don't feel as strongly about loot boxes as i do um but then again here gambling is a lot you know a lot easier to do you know it's i, I don't know it's it's a it's a weird concept but i uh i would like to see more done it, like with the rating system that we had talked about where if you're going to include loot boxes, you know, the game's rating automatically goes up to where an adult has to purchase the, the game for the child. Um, I don't know. It's, it, I'm kind of like in the same realm as green. I, it, is it a step in the right direction? I, I, I would like to think so, but we'll, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see what happens for the rest of the world. You know? Yeah. Uh, McRayla. What are your immediate thoughts on this? Um, so I, 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 full disclosure here. I am definitely one of those people who has one of the reasons I don't gamble is because I have a very addictive personality and I get addicted to shit really quickly. Like you'll notice, especially when I find a show I really like, I cling on to it and I just get like super addicted to it, um, and all that shit. Um, and so like, I do think it's a good idea to um market those things like to consider loot boxes as gambling um and like for me for example um so i play a lot of league of legends uh and they have loot boxes one thing i really like that league does and a lot of places will do is you can either buy a loot box or you can buy like the skin full out so then like if you're gamble like if you if you i like to leave it up to chance because i like to get skins for you know champs i don't necessarily play but it's, i still like it um, so for me, it allows me to spend money to get random chance, or if I want a specific skin, I don't have to just put it up to luck. Like, I can just go ahead and buy whatever I want. 
But I, I do agree. I do think it's for the games that don't allow that. Like, it's a good idea to put regulations on that because it does target the people who have a who have that those same issues that I do, who have a hard time saying no, don't do this, especially if it's something you really want, and with kids and all that stuff. So, those are kind of my thoughts. I hope that made sense. But no, it it does because full full disclosure, something I don't talk about is I actually battled gambling addiction uh, from the time I was eighteen till about the time I was twenty three, um, and so that's why I feel so strongly about this. Mm-hmm. And and I used to I, I've actually kind of changed my opinion on on one aspect. I used to say like games that had in game loot boxes that you couldn't physically purchase, like like Overwatch was always my prime example. You earn every loot box in that. It always comes with some kind of skin or something. You know, it's right. like or or you know the in game currency. But you, as far as I know, you can't just go out and buy the loot boxes on uh on overwatch but at the same time like the unhealthy amount of time that some people will put into getting to getting those loot boxes in order to turn around and get said especially if it's like a limited time thing during like one of their events it could be incredibly dangerous in and of itself because you'll have these young people just screwing up their entire sleep habits because that's i mean it's a rated t game uh right. as, as far as i remember and so for for these young kids to be binging you know i mean we and a lot of us did when we were younger a lot of us stayed up all night playing video games but there shouldn't be an incentive to do so you know so you have these limited run events and you can only get these skins out of a loot box from that event these kids are out here they're already a high level you only get extra loot boxes if you're leveling up after you've done your you know couple of weeklies then you got these kids spending an an unhealthy amount of time on this one game trying to grind out to get this one loot box that they may or may not have what they want inside yeah and i know overwatch i used to play a lot of overwatch as well Mm -hmm. um and it used to be that you could buy the loot boxes themselves they had the typical like you know five dollars worth ten dollars twenty fifty um and i i had done that because there were some skins that i really wanted but you know i just couldn't do and the thing with that is that I the I've since stopped playing Overwatch, but even if you got like you would get in-game currency to make up for if you got like a duplicate for a skin you already owned, but it was not an equivalent thing. So it's like even if you got a duplicate, you still had to go through X amount of boxes, get X amount of currency, spend all this time to save up the credits to get the skin you wanted. And I agree, like if you couldn't, you know get the skin that you wanted in the box and you were spending however much time to get those loot boxes and grind out those loot boxes so yeah well and another thing i I will say this to their credit um one thing that they do uh is every year on their anniversary event every cosmetic becomes available Uh, like all special event cosmetics become available and so i mean there is the idea of okay well i mean if you just play overwatch typically and you can just kind of slowly rack up that currency when the anniversary event comes around, you can just purchase those skins with the in-game currency, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. I mean, I, I get that, but like like there are games out there that have the same model that don't have that aspect to it. You know, they, right. they don't have it where you can just you know use the in-game currency that you've earned over time to purchase whatever cosmetic you're wanting. You have to grind out the loot boxes, and so mm-hmm. uh, long you know to sum it all up, wrap it up in a neat little bow. F loot boxes, right? Yeah, and like. I don't want to glorify loot boxes, but I, and I, well, I will say kind of bringing it back to League, because that's the example I use, like, that's just the biggest example I have, is that, like, one thing I really like about what League does that I mentioned earlier was that, like, yeah, you can get the skins in a loot box for, like, a cheaper price, or you can just buy the skin right out, which I really like. So then you're not, like, 
spending all this money on random chance to maybe get the skin that you want. You can just be like, oh, I like that. Here's the money. I want that skin. Yeah, that I, I think that's a, I mean, I think that's a fair compromise to it because because yeah. I, I think we're in a point now where it's going to be hard for our country. I mean, at the very least, to be able to eliminate loot boxes altogether. So if organizations and companies, developers, whatever, are going to be coming forth with you know alternatives like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rocket League did the same thing we discussed, where while the the cost of these items is exponentially larger than the loot boxes. Technically, there is still the point there where you can just straight up purchase these items. Yeah. And like, uh, like, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to like suck Riot's dick because I do have a lot of gripes with their games and with them as a company. But like, I do think their skin, how they handle skins, because like, you can buy it outright. There's also periodically throughout the year, they have like a shop where you get five skins for like your recently played champions at a super discounted price and like yeah there are some skins that aren't available all the time but like if they release a new skin for that skin line then you can go back and purchase those but you can still also get them like in the loot box not great but like i think the way they balance their loot boxes versus like being able to just outright buy the skin is a for me is a really good balance but i can also see how that could be problematic as well so yeah, so I want to address something that was uh, said in the chat. Um, this is from Urban Decay. Hey, Decay. Um, the practice or activity of betting, the practice of risking money or other stakes in a game or bet. Um, and then he says loot boxers are totally gambling. And I agree with that. I agree that uh, from a uh, psychological um, perspective, loot boxes are gambling. I mean, it is money for risk or reward. Um where a lot of the problem comes from in this discourse is the legality of you applying the term gambling to this, right? Because gambling in many in in many jurisdictions is defined as um, risk reward for uh, for cash, right? The well, ability and, and to not cash only out. that, yeah, like and a lot of people have a hard time classifying this as gambling generally because almost i I don't think there's a single at least popular loot box system out there where if you purchase the loot box there's the possibility you literally come away with nothing and that's always a potential in gambling Mm -hmm. is like like at it's say you know your casinos and whatnot there's always the possibility of you walking away with nothing while in loot boxes there's not so i can understand why it's kind of hard to blur that line with actual gambling versus say betting, you know, like, but, uh, but again, as somebody who battled gambling addiction, I've, I've seen what purchasing loot boxes for something can do. And it's, it's not pretty. Yeah. Um, and there's like, and I know we've debated on the show and we've had people say it, you know, where's the consistency in gamers where, you know, you're not killing people in the games, but then, you know, you're so wait you're you're killing people in the games but that doesn't make you go out and kill people and then they they kind of compare that to loot boxes where you know you're you say it's gambling but then are people actually going out and gamble and there's like this i think it's a bit of a a dissonance there or at least well, a misunderstanding of the psychological implications that it's that it's there and well, you are using your real resources for some sort of or is a perceived reward I exactly. Think it's the big that, difference that, between those two. 
that is exactly the big difference in those two. And I, people can argue tooth and nail, but the addictive qualities of actually earning something or well, f- you know, the feeling of earning something through the risk versus reward system is vastly different than what you would say is, is a desensitization because that's the difference in, in it is becoming addicted to something rather than being desensitized to it. And that's why you see people develop gambling addiction behaviors as opposed to just going out and killing people from a violent video game. Yeah, because ultimately it's a, it's a, it's an in-game action versus a brain chemical reaction. So. Exactly. That, yeah. That's like the difference in, you know, in your senses. Yeah. While you may be able to take a look at them and say, well, they're all senses. They are, they're all vastly different in the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this kind of goes back to last week and the game sustainability question that we, that we discussed with the game deflators. Um, with this, I mean, do you, do you think we could see price hike? And this kind of goes into our next question or our next discussion, but I mean, do you think if the games industry has to stop using this sort of practice. Uh, do you think areas where that's going to be prohibited might see a price hike? Or do you think they're going to find another way to implement um, microtransactions? I, I would think they would probably go more the route of, of take, like, like say, take what League's model is and just pull the loot boxes from it and just, you know, or just, like I said, do what a... Uh... Do a rocket. A lot of them will probably do what Rocket League did, where you can like unlock the things you need to essentially purchase these items that you want. Like you can't just go into the store and straight out buy it, but you unlock things just as you go along that are like, hey, with so many in-game credits, you can build this part, and you know, people will spend money directly for it. I mean, I, I think they'll continue the microtransactions just without the random chance. Now, I they might see a hit in profits because sometimes people will think, well, I could, I mean, at the very least, try it once or twice. Of, well, maybe I could get this if I get this loot box, you know? And and then when they don't get it after a couple of tries, they give up. I mean, some people are going to be like that. But in the end, I think if you, if you just price hike your microtransactions, if you put out premium, you know, cosmetics or whatever, people are still going to buy them. I mean, look at Fortnite. How many people buy the crap out of Fortnite stuff? Just because it's premium content. So, I mean, it's the same concept, I think, just minus the loot boxes. Yeah. And your example reminds me of Star Wars Battlefront 2 when it was like, yeah, you could totally, you know, if you grind those hours, you can totally play Darth Vader. But it's like an absurd amount of hours. Yeah, like an unrealistic amount of hours. Yeah, Yeah, like that. I I think there I think a lot of companies will find a a happy medium where people will still purchase stuff enough to balance out the not purchasing of loot boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Bungie did too with Destiny 2 is uh they they preemptively took away the their version of boxes which is to its uh uh ever grams. Mm-hmm. Um and now they just directly sell the cosmetics uh and armor sets and stuff directly through the Eververse instead of uh, using that chance with the uh Yeah, and people still buy it. Yeah. You know, people still buy them. So that that's the point that, that I think is being oh, made here. And I mean, heck, honestly, when you think about it from a game from a game developer perspective, you would think maybe, okay, well, at least this way I can have a consistent idea. You know, like uh, you know, like I, I can have an idea of what 
my cosmetics can bring in. You know, maybe I mean obviously not a hundred percent accurate, but it, but there's like the ballpark. You know, you could be like, well, last cycle when we released this cosmetic, this cosmetic, this cosmetic, we made X amount of dollars on sales on those alone. If we release something of equal or greater or equal quality, then we can possibly expect those same sales this time around. And if they don't, they're like, well, crap. Well, we just made a really bad cosmetic. Then it just sucked. Mm-hmm. Because nobody plays drunk rat or junk rat, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had one other question, which is, what do you think the long-term implications are going to be for the games company for games companies uh, worldwide? Do you think do you think they are going to kind of go the route that I mentioned earlier, where they're just going to block off the uh, loot box functions to people in the UK, or do you think they're going to restructure everything uh, for the internet for worldwide uh we'll go green first they probably initially get from the uk um and then honestly i don't think it would unless i actually got behind them and i honestly you kind of came in and out there a little bit can you go uh get ahead and say that again i said uh it, it really just depends on if the whole world actually like backs it um and, and and follows suit which i honestly i don't i don't see it happening all right uh mcrayla what do you think what do you think is gonna be the long-term implications here um personally i think i i think that they'll just restructure because i don't think it would be a smart move to just block ips and block certain aspects of a game from an entire country i think granted i don't know like how big of a gaming chunk comes from the uk but i think that could ultimately from a business standpoint i think it might ultimately ultimately hurt them if they just block off a specific feature um than if they just restructured everything because especially it would also put them in a bind if other like if other parts of the world followed suit so yeah and we know belgium is pretty close or has done something very similar um which that would have implications for the entire eu i think mm-hmm. um padre what do you think all right actually so to her point um about you know how much revenue is driven from uh the united kingdom so because that that's who this is based out of right is is the united kingdom uh they are they have the sixth highest revenue dollars spent on video games so i mean granted the united states in china and japan outweigh that number by a lot in those three but when you're taking one of your top 10 countries in uh in revenue spent on games out of the equation because of loot boxes you know it, it would make more sense to go ahead and just restructure than it would be to block off that country's ability to purchase loot boxes because you may even look at it from like a psychological standpoint in the sense that this you know it the, the people from this country are going to have restricted access to certain uh certain features of games if they're going to block those things off what may end up happening is they may just not want to buy the game because they have that entire thing blocked off from them and that could damage uh, they, that could damage revenue a lot worse when you have again the sixth highest revenue of any country in the world in gaming um, this, of course, is brought to you by New Zoo. Uh, don't know what year this was published, but that's where I got my sources. Because I'm not gonna. Okay, that was actually this was a 2020 Games Market Report. So I wanted to make sure I got the source out there. I didn't want to just like 
sound like I'm spewing out my butt, but, um, but yeah, I mean, then you got uh, just above them are Germany, South Korea, Japan, us, and China. So again, you take out the sixth highest revenue, um, or take out features for the sixth highest revenue generating country in gaming. You're probably going to see a lot more harm come than if you were just to go ahead and restructure now, because you are going to see other countries follow suit. I, I believe, um, especially if there's some um, some studies backing these claims. Like if they can produce some some scientific and psychological studies to back them to these other countries that supposedly care about their citizens, boom, you get you get more countries wanting to jump on board with this. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I don't know what how what I think was really necessarily going to happen. I'm kind of leaning on the it might be one of those things where they just kind of they offer like a new store or the and they kind of block certain functions from the uk for a while um because there's a lot of time and research and development that goes into the loot box systems um it would be kind of a waste for them to not use those in countries where it is legal so and if it and if it does become regulation and they just kind of you know all they have to do is tack on a day one patch that has a new page that says hey buy your cosmetics here and then either removes the and then like removes the the loot box side of it all um for for people in the uk um that's what i think is going to happen uh especially for games that are very close to coming out uh you know the like new feet the yearly fifa the yearly nba 2k the maddens you know the nhl games you know all the other games that are kind of yearly the call of duties and whatever else um i think that's kind of what's going to happen um any other thoughts opinions or questions that we wanted to uh, pose here on this loot box news story nope all right. Well, I kind of mentioned something, and this kind of goes along with the question that we talked about last week, and that is uh, potential for uh, game price hikes. So currently, most AAA games come in, uh, retail for about $60 USD. Um, that's not counting the uh, special editions or the collector's editions. That's just kind of your base uh, no-frills edition. But there is a game that will be having a price hike uh, this coming season, and that will be NBA 2K21. So the current gen release date is September 4th, and that's going to be for PS4, Xbox One, PC, Switch, and Stadia, and that's going to cost $60 American. Later in the year, there's going to be another release for next-gen consoles, being the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, and that's going to cost $70 American. Uh, players who want to get access on their current hardware and their future hardware have the option to purchase the $100 Mamba Forever Edition, which is a tribute to the late Kobe Bryant, which will give them access on current consoles and next-gen consoles. 
Um, the, my source on this is Polygon, and they got a quote from a spokesperson saying, quote, we believe our suggested retail price for NBA 2K21 on next generation platforms fairly represents the value of what's being offered. Power, speed, and technology that is only possible on new hardware. While we are confident that NBA 2K21 will be monumental leap forward for the franchise in the standout visual showcase on next generation consoles, we recognize that it's our responsibility to prove this value to our fans and NBA 2K players. We're looking forward to doing so and can't wait to show more in the up, uh, upcoming months to launch. So that's the information. Uh, we're going to go to Padre. How are you feeling about this? I, I, I think we all kind of saw it coming, you know, I mean, with the accelerated hardware, everything else, it, it's, it's not a surprise. Like I, it could be worse. $10 is, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, I hope I, like, I was hoping personally, we would see a, a similar price on base releases and then just see the, it erase physical editions of base releases and just go digital with those, which I know is hard for some people because some people just don't have the ability to down, like they don't have the internet capabilities. Like they can install them from the disc, but they just don't have the internet capabilities. Um, that is, I mean, it's changing. So I, I was kind of hoping to see base editions of things go um, non-physical, just go purely digital and keep the same price frame. Because when you eliminate that, you know, six to $7 per game, it costs to produce a physical game. It kind of helps you, you know, keep the cost down. But I mean, like I said, it, it could be worse. It sucks because I mean, especially whenever it's one of those games that doesn't really seem to change that much. Now I granted if the game comes out and you can see this, I mean, just an absolute massive difference between the current gen and the next gen versions, then it kind of becomes a little bit more understandable. Uh, well, that, that remains to be seen, but it, it, I think it'll be a good, uh, what, what was it? A litmus test um, for, for this particular thing because of the fact that it's a game, one of the few games, most sports games actually that, that have been criticized for just reskinning the same game. Nothing's really changing. So if we can see side-by-side -side comparisons of the current next gen, and there is a significant difference in these two or th this game in particular, then I think, I, I mean, maybe the extra $10 is worth it. You know, I don't pay, you know, full price for AAA games anyway. So it's, it's a little, I guess my opinion's a little moot, but at the same time, I think that, I, I think that there's a, uh, there's a possibility of justification based on performance of the game itself. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, how the games never really change year to year. They even found like in last year's version, old, uh, 2k19 banners, like in the NBA 2k 2020, there was background stuff that still said NBA 2K 2019. Yeah, and, and it. it's the same. Like, and it, what's even worse is the fact that it's not even, you know, whenever you look at the sports games, 2K is not an EA sports game. You know, 2K sports is not the same thing. So to, to see it being done both in, like, say, Madden and NBA 2K is sad because, it, like, it it's showing that, one, they're exploiting people's love for sports to, you know, basically sell them the same game just with re, you know a slight reskinning of certain things you know a few roster trades and stat changes that could have easily been done with just an update but at the same time uh it, it's just it's one of those things that's kind of become rampant in the sports world so i i think this is going to be like the one that we can really gauge is the ten dollars really worth the extra but I, it's going to be one of those it's you can't really say yes or no until you see the difference in the two 
McRaley, you're gonna say something there. <laughs> no, I. It's I just. I used to work at GameStop, and it was just incredible the amount of people that would line up for, not even necessarily a reskin of the same game previously. So it's just. I just I don't understand sports games myself. Yeah, that's just like the, one of the big one of the big parts of it is like the the because there's an esports aspect to it. You know, like the whole basically be a football star when you were trash at football i myself <laughs> um it, it, and so like i i don't understand like the oh i've got to get it now you know i don't i don't understand that like the lining up out the door for it but i, I mean i i always you know used to back when we were still seeing you know kind of like significant leaps year to year in graphics i was buying madden every year you know it, but that was i stopped in i think it was like 2017 was the last one i ever purchased because they did, they just kept reskinning the same game, and I just couldn't see myself paying that much for the same game every year. I mean, they would add maybe like a couple of new animations for like hit stick performances on tackles and stuff, but aside from that, it was just roster changes and stat upgrades. That was it. And I, I'm just I'm worried that we're going to see too much of the same because it's been a it's I mean heck it's been a tried and true um, process so far. I mean why why fix something that ain't broke? Yeah, to, to, from their perspective, you know, like like from a a money making perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, Green, what are your thoughts? I think that uh, games like 2K and Madden are absolute cash gimmicks. Like, it, it, as I said, it's it's essentially the same game every year that you're just paying you're paying full triple uh, A prices for. And they don't change anything. Like, I could see price increases on, like, these other, like, single-player uh, AAA titles, like Last of Us or, or uh, you know, Rise of the Tomb Raider, stuff like that. But, like, when it comes to sports games, I can't get behind increasing the price for especially when they're the same damn game every year. Like, it takes a lot of money nowadays to develop these games. Which, uh, like, we just covered last week. Like, they're putting a lot of money into it. Which, I mean, uh, price increase is inevitable. Because they're funneling so much money into it. But is, like, EA putting more money into Madden every year? Or, or is, like, 2K Sports actually doing anything to earn that extra money? I don't think so. Like, yeah. The, 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 we have to draw a line there. Yeah, like if, you're gonna, well, if you're gonna charge more for a game that you're releasing yearly, you better be putting some actual fucking work into it. That's why I was saying the point remains to be seen because we don't know what the uh, mm -hmm. you know side by side what the PS5 or Xbox Series X versions of this game are going to look like compared to the current gen, which is like that's the only reason I'm kind of reserving because I don't care for sports games anymore either. But like at the same time, like trying to see it from like a like an unbiased standpoint on it as somebody who has been, you know, been witness to this year after year um, and like actually saw my entire game, like gaming experience change because of it. Uh, if I mean, if you see a significant difference, like I mean, even if it's something like, you know, because one of the things that plagued sports games for a long time, in my opinion, was load times. And I don't know why load times were always so difficult. I don't know if it had to do with like crowd rendering or what, but load times have always been like 
like notorious, especially in NBA 2K. Like they do the they they do the little pregame thing like you would see on TNT with Shaq and Kenny and all of them, and then you couldn't skip it because it was like constantly loading, and so you'd have to sit there through this like pregame thing while the game loaded. And if if like that's something that goes by the wayside, and the graphics are a lot more fluid, because that's another other mechanics were were they're they're kind of clunky for 2K games. And they have been for a while. If those are more fluid, then to somebody who is a, a sports games fan, it's going to be justified. Is it justified to me personally? Regardless of how, I, hell, it wouldn't be justified to me if they reduced the price because I, I just don't play them. And plus, I won't have those next-gen consoles. But regardless, I, I think it's going to be one of those, like, we're going to have we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. Can I, can I posit some ideas here real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really interesting to me that NBA 2K is the first one to do this for a few reasons. The first one being the amount of microtransaction the game has, which they always say, they always say that microtra- the, the justification for the in- by the industry for microtransactions, for loot boxes and whatever else is to subsidize the development costs of the game so they can stay at $60 so that some people will pay more to essentially subsidize the cost. So if we have these microtransactions, are you not subsidizing the cost for the development even for a new one? That's question number one that I want really answered by the industry. Question number two is sports games have product placement. They have product placement for Ford. They have product placement for Nike. They have product placement for Gatorade. Um, You know, the product placement, you don't put a product in your game or in your movie for that matter for free. There's usually some sort of production cost covered by said product placement. Three. We talked about this on the show a little while ago. NBA 2K started put for online matches, like in your load screens, they started putting advertisements. Right? They started putting, people reported seeing advertisements for an FX TV show on their load screens for NBA 2K. So... With these three things covered or just entered in here, why do we have to jack up the price for a game on a next-gen console? Shouldn't aren't your development costs already being covered by these other monetary monetization practices? Aren't they being covered by your microtransactions in your loot boxes? Aren't they be, being covered by your uh, your product placement? And are they being covered by your additional advertising that you're selling in a game that people have already paid for? You know, I don't know how long they, if they even keep, if they even kept doing the advertising thing because they got a lot of backlash and rightfully so, you know, but these are all things in my mind that I'm looking at and I'm like, why are you jacking up a price on a game when we already have all the, when you're already subsidizing all your production costs here? You know, that's something that kind of boggled my mind. And NBA 2K is the, um, is, is a prime example of, of this. So I, I find it really interesting that they were the first ones to jack up the price for next-gen consoles. We also don't know what other games are going to go for yet either. Like, that's another... I mean, I, I would hope that the, that they don't go higher. But in, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Like I said, I really don't even care about sports games. But, like, maybe those other things have been pulled. And that's why they're having to jack up... Like, maybe because they have been facing criticism for a lot of these things for years and so they may have had to have pulled like the allowing or you know like the uh, the um, advertising during load screens and maybe they had some uh some 
market uh, marketing product issues come through or or something that kind of took that cost out i mean it, it, once again devil's advocate i don't know honestly really don't care just trying to show both sides of it and uh yeah and and again i mean who knows maybe whenever we get these other titles come forward they're going to be going for you know 80 or 90 and then and then that'll entice people to buy uh to buy all the special editions because they're not going to be that much more hopefully for me i guess like i i don't buy with the exception of like series that i follow very closely like for example um kingdom hearts i'm a big fan of kingdom hearts so like for those games i'm going probably going to buy it day one regardless of how much it costs just because i love the series um but like i don't buy new games because i can barely afford the 60 dollar price and a lot of times i don't feel like there's enough content to warrant that 60 dollar price in most games um and so for them to hike up that price there had better be um there had better be more content um i there was a a youtube channel that i used to watch a funhouse i used to watch funhouse and they had a show that was called one dollar one hour and they kind of joked about it but the guy whose idea was it it was actually had a good point like for every dollar that the game costs i should have one hour of content like equivalent so if it's a 60 dollar game i'd better have like 60 dollars worth of content and the fact that they're hiking up the price when you know three weeks ago four weeks ago there was if even that there was a conversation about whether or not triple a games are too long and i'm sitting here like if i'm paying 60 dollars for a brand new game there had better be a ton of content there for me like to play otherwise this price just isn't worth it um so that price hike definitely makes me nervous because already i don't know like i could barely afford a new game but yeah, those- what if I mean, is it possible that this is that this is even like a ploy put out like like an agreement put out amongst the actual console makers to have extra charges put in place to help rebound the the losing money issue because we've discussed that how these consoles are actually supposedly going to be losing money at first so what if it's something actually that they're putting forward because i mean for all we know whenever they introduce the same game to steam it may be the same $60 instead of 70. This could right. I mean it, it could conceivably for for PC it will be $60. Now it probably won't I don't know if 2K releases to Steam or not. Um or if they if they do it through one of their own proprietary launchers but it will be $60 for Steam or not for not for Steam for PC. Right. See, so that, like, oh, oh go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was going to say that brings up an excellent point like now is it the game companies that want to raise their price or is it the console companies that are like no you need to start doing like charging more for your games especially if like the steam versions are going to be cheaper mhm uh, now someone put a posed an interesting thought in the chat uh this is um our buddy fan hi fan um you guys can go check out our previous episodes with him uh, he says, for us as the end consumer, it's not really $10 we need to consider. It's $70 base price plus the money for the console, which is, I think, a very valid point because we're looking at consoles that are going to range anywhere between $400 and possibly $600. And that's going to be another $70 on top of that. Um, and that's a, and I mean, we're, we're just talking American. Um, I know Lou is in the chat and he was talking, you know, that's the the base price is going to be somewhere like 85 in the neighborhood of 85 dollars canadian um 
So we're just talking American here, but yeah, I mean, that's a, what do you guys think? I mean, would you, you know, how does that factor into your buying decision? Do you think if it's, and let's just take this away from like sports games, because I don't, I've never cared for sports games. Um, I could really give a shit less. Um, but let's just take it to another, you know, yearly game that, that comes out a call of duty you know, uh, or, uh, well, I guess battlefield isn't yearly anymore, but yeah. So call of duty, you know, um, call of duty comes out and it's going to be $7 on this, on a console that's already $500. What do you guys think? Well, for me, it's, it's interesting. So kind of a little bit of background for where I'm coming. I built my, I mostly game on PC. Um, and this might just be, I don't know if this will, where I'm going with this will honestly answer your question, but I do think it's another thing to think about is, so I built my PC in like late 2015, early 2016. I don't particularly remember. Um, and when I built it, it was a $1,200 PC and it could play top of the line game, like games. And I could stream those games, like super high quality. Everything was great and no problems, but I'm getting to the point where the requirements for the games are more than what my computer can handle and stream all at once. Um, and it's it's all I I'm almost hesitant to say that it's probably better buck for your bargain, even though those games are going to be more expensive on the console. Like if you have to have a super strong computer to play a sixty dollar game, like a computer that it could be, you might have to buy like a five hundred dollar graphics card just to play a game. So part of me wonders if. In the end, it's better. Yeah, you're paying $600 for a brand new game console. But if that hardware is better than a computer for the same price, is that a good trade-off? You know? Actually, uh, so our friend Viva Pinata did, sat down and actually did some price comparing of, um, of equal, equal performing hardware pieces uh, mm -hmm. out of the specs that were provided for the PS5. Mm -hmm. And... If I mean, yeah, if you're if you're not sticking with PC gaming, you're gonna get a lot more bang for your buck buying a console this time around. As of right now, now now PCs typically catch up is what you know is the trend that he was telling me is you know PCs catch up rather quickly in uh, in performance. But at first, uh, almost every time the consoles release, if they have something new that's proprietary, you're gonna get a a pretty significant amount of increase in performance. Um, do we do we even have an official price point for the PS5 or the Xbox Series X yet? I think they've been playing chicken. I think we I know we've talked about price points before, but I don't remember if we've gotten anything. Uh, uh, yeah, I was I was looking. I couldn't find anything because I, I was wondering if another thing you know that could factor into what we were talking about earlier with you know is is the system makers at play here. It if you know they're going to sell the the console for the same price or not much more than the previous console, then it becomes a little more convoluted because obviously it's going to out, you know, I mean, I, I know it's a little bit different with it being, you know, this far down the road compared to what things cost back then, yada, yada, yada. But if you're, if you're upgrading that much in your, you know, in your system for the same price that you paid for the previous system, then they are going to have to eat or have to make up costs somewhere mm -hmm. as console makers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, real quick, um, for the PS5, Tech Radar says Sony hasn't revealed the PS5 price yet, but the um, but analyst predictions have placed the PS5 price in the region of 
499 pounds or uh 749 australian okay so that's a hundred dollars more than the ps4 was at launch right so that's that's pretty significant um now again versus actual you know a comparison to actual hardware upgrades is that hundred dollars going to make up that much or are they still going to be losing a significant amount of money um because i know that was one of the the talks was that these these new consoles in a in a basically a price war are going to end up actually losing money at first and they were going to make it up on peripherals and stuff like that i believe was talked about but again i i don't know it's going to have to be to me you're going to have to see an absolute an actual significant increase in the uh in the gameplay mechanics and this is a with any game not just an nba game or you know with the call of duty or something you're gonna have to see a lot you know a lot smoother graphics faster rendering no load times you're gonna have to do a lot just to make it worth actually spending that much on a console and Mm -hmm. that much on a game as well yeah um man i feel like this is a conversation we can get really in the weeds on um (laughs) So I'm it's gonna... hard. It, it's hard to have that conversation and be able to have a definitive answer to it when yeah. we still have so many unknowns. I oh, think yeah. it's a conversation that if we re- revisit later in a in a few months, then we'll have a lot more, you know, solid concrete evidence to back any claims or whatever, and we will be able to see transparently what is going on and be able to talk about it a lot mm-hmm. smoother. Yeah. So with that, any other final thoughts that we want to get out there, Mr. Greenlee? Any final thoughts, opinions, questions? Uh, I'm gonna say no, just because I could like, I could go on on this for like ten hours. Yeah, so, uh, I've said my piece. <laughs> McRayla, thoughts, opinions? No, I just I do want to reiterate. I do think that the price hike was inevitable. Um, whether it's due to corporate greed or um hardware enhancements, or even just simple inflation in the economy, I do agree that this was definitely inevitable. And while I don't like to see it, at least it's not as bad as it could be valid uh padre no i'm actually I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as uh as michaela it, it it was inevitable could have been a lot worse and there's still a lot that remains to be seen mm-hmm. yeah i have a lot of my final thing you know we you said it i even have it in my notes here we really don't know what the improvements are going to be um i still have just so many questions and that includes you know what happened to your other sub you know production subsidations that you were that you were doing um for years and years and why are those suddenly not enough you know um but i think we can move on to the last thing we're going to talk about which it being the first of the first show of the month it's deals of the month time guys i have got uh i've got everything ready here um do we want to start? I can start with uh, Twitch Prime. Sure. Get it. All right. So for Twitch Prime this month, you can get Melbits available until July 31st. Kunai inv- available until August 3rd. Dear Esther, which is a walking simulator, is available until August 3rd. Uh, Dark Devotion is available until August 3rd. Turok 2, Seed- Seeds of Evil are that will be available until august 3rd rius will be available until august uh until july 24th 
and Grip Combat Racing is going to be available until August 3rd. For That's for Twitch Prime, which, of course, if you guys have Twitch Prime, you also get a free sub to a channel of your choice. So go on ahead, head on over to McRayla or Mr. Greenlee's channel or RevSven's channel and give them that uh, Twitch sub. Um, and then Epic Games available until July 9th. So we're recording this on July 7th. You have until July 9th to pick this up. Hue. Um, which is an indie game, a color puzzle game, I believe. Um, starting July 9th and through July 16th, you have available to you Killing Floor 2, Lifeless Planet, and The Escapist 2. Which, uh, Killing Floor 2, probably worth picking up for free. Um, I have a hard time uh, recommending uh, Killing Floor 2. Because I picked it up on early access back in like 2015, and the game has basically not changed since 2016, maybe 2017. Like, there's still only three bosses and only a few classes. And it just, yeah, they add new maps, but it's like, okay, new maps, but I'm fighting the same fucking thing with the same stuff. What's, you know, big whoop? So I have a hard time uh, even justifying Killing Floor 2 on sale, so pick it up if you're interested. Um, for for it for free uh and then also for free on epic games you can find sludge life and dolores a thimbleweed park mini adventure um those were just on the epic game store for free right now uh xbox one the uh, games pass padre all right so we have four new games with gold this month um that have a retail value of 94.96 which i could not disagree with more um you get such riveting titles as uh wrc8 the official game which is a racing game that is typically 50 dollars. you get dunk lords um i'm very positive that's a z at the end it's hard to tell with that font you also get uh xbox 360 classics such as saints row 2 and juju which looks like a kid's game um but then you also get three new games Wait, coming to was what? it like tack and the power of juju uh it's just called juju but it look it, it has a similar anime aesthetic or animated aesthetic as tack it's like that same kind of kiddish looking animation but it's just called juju it's got like a snake and a bunny it looks like it's yeah i have i have not heard of three of these games and the only reason i know saint rose 2 is because of the big purple thing uh, that you get to use as a weapon. But we get three other games actually coming to uh, Game Pass in July, which two of them won't be out until the 9th. But right now you do have Soul Calibur 6, which which is a good pickup if you have Game Pass. And then you also get CrossCode and get ready for this one. Uh, you're going to drop your jaws. Fallout 76. He said with heavy sarcasm. Oh and so that, boy! Yeah, get excited, boys. Um, <laughs> but that's uh, that's all we really got coming this month for Xbox. I feel like some companies are reeling it back, just kind of anticipating the the next gen consoles because it feels like we've kind of hit a few months worth of duds on a, on the Xbox recently. Yeah, yeah. That uh, nothing there excited me unless like you really wanted to play Saints Row, the series Saints Row, from you know start to finish 
There's like yeah, it, and like I said, I mean Soul Calibur Six. That's that's not a bad one. But if you're already paying for Game Pass, you know if you already got Game Pass going, that's a, that's a good one. But on top of that, you do actually have Dead Rising Four, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, and Blazing Chrome all leaving Xbox Game Pass. So if you do have those, uh, if you want to keep them, you're gonna have to do the little like buy it at a discounted rate thing. Um, I myself am a am a fighting game fan, and so Soul Calibur Six. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I mean, like nothing. I'm just like, oh my god, yes, but. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Green, do you have uh, the Sony uh, PlayStation now? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Sony is uh, bringing their 10-year anniversary of PlayStation Plus right now. Um, so they uh, splurged on some bigger titles. Ironically, the first one is NBA 2K20. You guys can get that on, on free on PlayStation PlayStation Plus user. Um, they also have the Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is a, you know, a pretty popular game. It just came out, I think, last year, if I remember correctly. Um, and then they have another one as well, a third title called Erica, which is an FMV murder mystery game, um, which actually looks pretty neat. Uh, it says Erica is an intriguing and, and admirable experience for those looking for an out of like a little outside of the video game. So uh, uh, that one's definitely uh, something that actually has piqued my interest. So yeah, uh, Rise of the Tomb, Ra- Tomb Raider came out in 2015. 2015? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wasn't there another Tomb Raider that just came out that everyone uses as like a benchmark game? Let me check. Um, Tomb Raider games. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider came out in 2018. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Well, this one's Rise of the Tomb Raider, so. It does have very good ratings, though. So. Yeah. Uh, was that it for PlayStation Now? Yes, sir. Or PlayStation Plus? What is it? PlayStation Plus? PlayStation PlayStation Plus. Okay. Uh, now, now is the I think the uh, no, that's view. Never mind. Okay. Now is the the service where you can play uh, like a it's like streaming games, um, or like old games they'll have on there that you can go on and essentially download and stream from another system. Um, and I always get it confused with uh, PlayStation View, which was their attempt to like do like cable tv but that died yeah um i checked for the switch there's no there's no like deals or anything like that coming to the switch it doesn't seem like um at least not that i can find easily um any other deals anything else that we need to talk about in terms of like things people could pick up obviously the steam summer sale is still going on um we gave our suggestions last week you know maybe uh mcgrela any uh, suggestions people sh- for people who should pick up uh, Steam Cell or so? Um, I picked up a game called Green Hell. Um, if you like games like The Forest, um, it's very similar to that gameplay-wise. So it's like, the premise is um, your wife is, I can't remember the official name for it, but she is uh, making contact with one of the tribes on a on an island. Um, just to kind of establish relations, learn about their culture and all that stuff, and then something goes terribly wrong. I don't know what it is yet, um, but you are the husband, and you're trying to survive as she's trying to also help you get out of that situation. 
Um, it's really cool. Um, it has I really like it because it has a mechanic that like, like there are consequences to like if you fall asleep in the mud. Like so, if you fall asleep in the mud versus in like a a a leaf pad type thing, you get worms, and so you have to like make bone needles and dig them out and then bandage yourself up and you can get if you walk in water you get leeches and then there's like like you have to make sure if you're drinking water you um drink clean water versus there's unsafe water and there's also dirty water um and then you also have to track out your different macros so you have to make sure that you're uh, eating the right amount of fats and proteins and um and carbohydrates and then you also have to make sure that you have enough um you're hydrated and it's it's just really cool it's really intuitive it's a little more than your basic survival game but it's still cool there's still some crafting and i really like it so the the worms and the leech thing makes me cringe and it's it's not it's not it's not that bad like you have to like uh look at yourself and like you look at an arm and then there's a leech and you just like click on it and it goes away and then like and it's it's kind of satisfying to like look at your arms, see five leashes, and then just go boop, 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 boop. and then you like hear a sigh of relief as your character's like, Yes, I feel better now. But it's not it strikes me, graphic. I was gonna say that that almost strikes me as like for the kind of people who watch Dr. Pimple Popper on YouTube. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's really cool. I like it a lot. Any other There's suggestions? Uh any other suggestions for uh the Steam Summer Cell from you? Um, no, not for me. Okay, guys. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the show. So let's go on ahead and, uh, McRaila, why don't you go on ahead and plug yourself again? Tell uh, okay. anyone who might have missed the uh, top of the show who you are, what you do, where people can find it, and all the services you offer. Right. So my name is Michaela. You can find me at twitch.tv slash McRaila or on almost any social media platform, Twitter, Instagram. Mainly um, at, under the same thing, Mikarela. That's spelled M-I-C-K-E-R-A-Y-L-A. It's also on the screen. I see it right now. Um, but yeah, I am a variety streamer. I'm making my way through Bloodborne right now. I'm having a blast um, with it, although it's extraordinarily tilting. Um, but if you don't really want to watch me stream, uh, if you have any video needs that you need done, any video editing, any motion graphics, any still graphics, any animation, anything like that, hit me up. I would be more than happy to do it for you. Or even act as a consultant if you just want to bounce ideas off. I'm up with that too. Hit me up. Literally anywhere. Excellent. Uh, Mr. Green Elite, what's coming to your channel? I don't I don't know this week. Um I'm I got a really busy week ahead of me. Um I'm trying to delve more uh, you know back into Destiny 2. Um so uh I won't be on Wednesday or Friday. Uh hopefully I will be back Saturday, but that is a big maybe. Um but next week uh yeah, I'll definitely be diving into Destiny 2. I'm still going to try to pump out a healthy content of uh uh, Call of Duty Warzone. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Uh Also on my socials, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, OnlyFans, all the good stuff. All right. And uh, Padre, what do you got coming up on your channel? 
Well, uh, assuming they fix my internet tomorrow, uh, Thursday I'm going to be playing uh, Nico Ghost Jump. I got early access beta to that. Um, it's it, typical for the stuff I play, just kind of like an indie little cutesy game. Uh, but then Saturday I'm bringing back Disco Dick um the sex and love advice character so if you would like to jump in and get your calls answered for some sex and love advice by the granddaddy of them all uh disco dick join me saturday at 7 p.m central at twitch.tv forward slash revsven r-e-v-s-v-e-n or you can find me on any social media platform at revsven tv Excellent. And this is the final reminder. If you guys are interested in winning a game here in the live stream, go on ahead and do exclamation mark swiggity to get entered to win a free copy of Brutal Legends. If you guys are wanting to win a copy of a game uh, on YouTube, go on ahead and answer the question. What is a type of game you wish you can uh, you could get into? And uh, we're going to draw uh the winner here right after i um plug myself which is my uh week here is going to be kind of weird um i think fallout friday is going to have well fallout friday is probably gonna get moved ahead a day um i'm not sure if i'll be streaming tomorrow or not otherwise i might stream extra on the weekend i'm not sure uh we were kind of talking about doing a next to nothing night uh next week if um everything goes well we're gonna keep that a secret that'll be monday night um it's we're we're gonna play a game together hopefully um other than that uh i have things for youtube that i need to do oh I forgot to mention, uh, I, we will be making an appearance Saturday on the W2 report on Sanji Himura's uh, YouTube channel. So uh, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter. I'll post out those links um, when we go live. So make sure you guys follow me on that, and I will uh, provide links next week after the show goes up. And I will also be doing uh, an industry interview with um a lord croco squirrel over on his youtube channel as well um or croco squirrel croco squirrel is how you pronounce that um so let's go on ahead let's draw our winner for the live stream contest and drum roll congratulations shiny water lily for winning the giveaway we will get in contact with you on how to uh get uh get that game copy um other than that guys we hope you enjoyed the show we appreciate all of you guys for watching and listening uh and spending time with us we hope that we provide you guys with the content and the knowledge that you uh expect from us uh before we go i wanted to give another shout out to our guy lou merck he's the gentleman who produces the beats for the show that you guys hear at the intro and during the ad break uh check him out in the links now in chat or in the description of this episode if you guys like what we do and want to help support the show uh, the number one way to do that is by telling your friends about us you can also give us a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice if you guys are joining us live and missed any part of the show, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. And of course, you guys are finding us on those platforms. You can join us live every Tuesday night at, uh, on Twitch at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
Have a wonderful rest of your evening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye. I love you. Bye. We appreciate you listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about what we do. Hello.